0: Welcome to the Faith of Our Farmers podcast, the podcast devoted to the faith side of agriculture. Each week, myself, Frank Hartley, along with my co-host, Chris Elliott, dive into how our faith plays out for those of us each day that are involved in agriculture. Some weeks we have guests that will share their testimonies. Other weeks, we introduce you to ministries that use agriculture to share God's love. And sometimes we'll talk about biblical subjects that tie into our daily work in agriculture. Let's see where God's gonna take us to this week. Hold on, let's go.
1: Hi, y'all, or as we say here in Fulton County. Hey, Yewans. I want to talk with you today. This is Chris from the Faith of Our Farmers podcast team. And I want to speak on the subject, Consider Your Ways. You are the temple of the living God. A couple of weeks back, I had spoken with you on the subject of acknowledging God and God alone. And that was the number one biblical key from Farming God's Way, which Farming God's Way is a method of agriculture mainly oriented towards the the small landholder farmer in Africa or Latin America, Asia, someplace like that. And so that's a really important key, obviously, is number one, acknowledge God and God alone. But this second one I want to talk about today is key number two, consider your ways that you are the temple of the living God. Well, in Second Samuel in the Old Testament, King David, who was a man after God's own heart, wants really badly to build a temple to honor God, but God says no. Because you've been a man of war and shed blood, so David commissioned his son Solomon to build it, and he organized, David did, most of the materials needed for it before he died, so that when Solomon came into power, he'd be able to dive right into the building of the temple, and so he did. It took seven years for King Solomon's workmen to finish it. And from the descriptions, it had to have been awe-inspiring, and maybe we should say worship-inspiring. But throughout the next Twenty generations of kings, the Israelites struggled to maintain a walk of purity before the Lord. They worshipped idols instead, and they followed the wickedness of the nations around them. God sent prophets relentlessly to call the people back to God, yet they blundered on in their wicked ways. Finally, the Lord had had enough, and he used the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar in 586 B.C. to destroy Jerusalem and the temple in particular, and take the Israelites as exiles to Babylon. Anything of value from the temple they took along. Gold, silver, bronze, all of the beauty, all of the artwork, the fine craftsmanship of Solomon's work was in ruins because the people had turned from following God. 47 years later, in 539 BC, another pagan king, Cyrus the Persian, came along and said, rebuild that temple. Some of the Israelites went back. But aside from building building an altar of sacrifice, they did nothing about the temple. 18 or 19 years later, after having made that altar of sacrifice, God sent Haggai the prophet to rebuke them. And I'd like to read from Haggai 1, verses 2 through 11. Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, This people says, The time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm, and he who earns wages earns wages to put into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple, that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much and but indeed, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why? said the Lord of hosts, Because of my house that is in ruins. While well, every one of you runs to his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you withhold the dew, and the earth withholds its fruit. For I called for a drought on the land and the mountains, on the grain and the new wine and the oil, on whatever the ground brings forth, on men and livestock, and on all the labor of your hands. Some of the Israelites had beautiful homes. In the King James Version, it says they had sealed houses, meaning that they were nicely paneled. They were nicely finished. But here was a temple in ruins as the people went about their selfish ways. There was no interest. There was no priority for the house of God. And Haggai makes clear that the Lord would bring judgment against them in such a way that their prosperity wouldn't feel very prosperous. We don't have a temple lying in ruins, do we? You know, in in John, in the New Testament 2, verse 19, Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Jesus did indeed destroy the functional role of the temple when the veil was torn at his crucifixion. And in three days, he rebuilt the new temple, because now the temple of God would be established in our hearts through him. It changes the scenario significantly as we go from the building of the Old Testament sacrifices being offered to the New Testament body of Christ, which is the people of God, the church church of the living Jesus Christ. In John 4, 21 to 23, when Jesus is talking to the woman at the well there in Samaria, he said, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. We are the children of God. We are the temple of God. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. In Second Corinthians six sixteen, 16, Paul writes, And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? We are the temple of the living God. So so what is the state of your temple? Consider your ways. Is the temple of God your life in ruin? Once glorious, and now defiled through not walking in God's ways. I'm not talking about getting old, because our bodies are getting kind of not so glorious and kind of defiled because of age. Some of us are maybe feeling that more than others. But that's not what this is all about. Does your temple, God's temple, need repairs? Or maybe even a complete rebuild? Twice in the Haggai passage, God says, consider your ways, to emphasize the point that it is not his ways that are in error but ours why do we never feel like we have enough why are we just depressed and discouraged and discontented why are we so consumed with materialism why are we so consumed with sexuality and all of its versions and perversions what sort of curses do we live under because our ways are not aligned with god's ways Well, first, and I'm taking this from the the Farming God's Way training manual, that the curse is on us through bloodshed and violence. In Genesis 4, we have the horrible story of Cain murdering his own brother, Abel. You know, the beginnings of sin are in the entertainment of temptation. I will say that again. The beginnings of sin are in the entertainment of temptation. When we think about it, when we dwell on it, when we consider that in our hearts, kind of flirting around the edges with it through that temptation, eventually it comes to fruition. God's warning to Cain fell on deaf ears, and soon those temptations brought about the first murder. And we here in America can quickly point a finger to Africa and write thick books on the bloodshed and violence, the, the massacres, the travel wars, election violence, the genocide, the ethnic cleansing. But here in America, well, I think it's kind of interesting that after January 6th of this year, when there was the uprising in Washington, D.C., I found a really fascinating editorial well, on the BBC website written by a young Kenyan who said it's time for America to stop pointing its finger at Africa and and complaining about the things that are happening there because we're dealing it with here dealing with it here in our own country. You know, every year there are hundreds of thousands of babies aborted in the US. Daily there are gang deaths in our cities. Even here in rural Fulton County where I live, there are People dying all around from this so-called opioid epidemic. The judgment against Cain in Genesis 4 was severe. The soil would no longer yield its fruit to him, and he would be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth, and the same judgment is following us today. But Jesus became the last and perfect sacrifice for our sin. He became the curse through his hanging, so we could be free from the curse. But Jesus still requires that we repent and ask for his blood to cleanse, heal, and break the curse over our land. We are constantly dealing with weeds, with pests, with insecticides that no longer function like they once did. You know, Weeds that escape the herbicides and the fungicides that no longer work and we have to develop new ones all the time because of the curse that's on the land. Thorns and thistles will be produced from the land as God told Adam and Eve when he cast them out of the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter three. God calls us to love one another as he has loved us. What a contrast to the disregard for the sanctity of human life we see around us. When Jesus commanded us to love one another, to love our neighbor and to love our enemy I believe with all my heart that he had no intention for us to kill them. Well, secondly, there's also a curse on what the land produces. You know, in Haggai, going back there to um, Haggai 1, verses 10 and 11, it said there, that therefore the heavens above you withhold the dew and the earth withholds its fruit. For I called for a drought on the land and the mountains, on the grain and the new wine and the oil, on whatever the ground brings forth on men and livestock and all the labor of your hands we see here that the God is the one who withholds the rain God is the one then obviously who brings the rain and brings the produce from the land or withholds that produce from the land the corn plant contains a fascinating God created phenomenon every single seed every kernel of corn has an individual silk. This little thread, if you will, comes up through the top of the husk so that during pollination, a single pollen grain lands on the silk and goes down the silk until it comes into contact with the ovule so it can form a kernel starting with the bottom rows first and gradually filling up the cob. However, if the Lord of the harvest calls for a drought on the land, And what it produces this process is drastically affected the silks need to be moist that is why rain is so crucial in july here in my part of the world when our corn is pollinating you can quickly go from 100 bushel or even a 200 bushel or more potential and go down to 80 or 50 or even to zero bushels per acre the moisture is so critical that is why no-till Cover crops and mulching is so important. Is so important. This is one of the most important practical teachings of farming God's way. Keep the soil covered, so you can keep the moisture God has given you. The wonderful testimony, and the story of Haggai, is that Israel did eventually listen and heed God's request to rebuild the temple, and so can we. In First Peter. Verse 5, it reads, You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You notice, again, that the emphasis is off of the Old Testament physical building of a temple and now on to the temple of our bodies being the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. We may not be able to change our nation, and I think that's one of the frustrations that that we feel often as believers in the United States, that we see all these terrible things going on around us in our country, the, the culture war that we're involved in, and we get discouraged and frustrated and even angry about that. But we can change our lives, and we can influence the lives of our families and the community around us, collectively making a significant difference. When we rebuild the temple of our lives, we're giving God the rightful place. We're considering our ways and doing something about it. In Haggai 2, we've been looking at chapter 1, but now I want to go to Haggai chapter 2. Haggai 2 eighteen and nineteen consider now from this day forward, from the twenty fourth day of the ninth month, from the day that the foundation of the Lord's house was laid. Consider it. Is the seed still in the barn? As yet the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have not yielded fruit, but from this day I will bless you. So one more scripture here once to turn to in second Corinthians six sixteen, Where Paul writes, as I read earlier, that I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. And I want to close by reading a paragraph here out of the Farming God's Way training reference guide. The temples of our lives are in ruins because we have been serving our own selfish ambitions and futile ways, and not walking in God's ways. Let us, as sons and daughters, be committed to rebuild the temple of God in our lives by considering our ways, and aligning them with God's ways, not just in spirit, but in mind and body as well. The revelation of the fullness of His glorious church will come from each individual rebuilding of the temple ruins and walking in the ways that Jesus has shown us. We need to be in faith for the latter glory of his house in us to be more glorious than the former that he may be pleased with it and command his blessing. I'd like to close now with a word of prayer. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, Lord of the Harvest, we pray for our nation, We pray for our nations in the world today. Lord, that we would set aside the bloodshed, that we would set aside the the evil and the, the violence and the immorality, and that we would turn to you, rebuilding the temple. Not a physical building of bricks and stones and lumber, but of our bodies that are the temple of the holy spirit and father that you would be able to dwell here that you would be able to to bring prosperity into our lives not because of what we have done but because of what you are doing through us and we thank you father for your forgiveness that you offer to us through jesus christ we thank you that jesus has bought that forgiveness for us on the cross and promises us eternal life through his resurrection. Father, we thank you in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to the Faith of Our Farmers podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Faith of Our Farmers. You can find links to this week's podcast on our Facebook page under the podcast section. If you'd like to get a hold of us, there's two ways you can do that. You can get a hold of us first through our Facebook page, uh, send us a message that way. There's also an email button on our Facebook page. You can email us at faithofourfarmersgmail.com. At if you know someone in ag that has a great testimony to share, or if you know of a ministry that combines ministry work along with agriculture work that you'd like us to feature, Or if you just have a good topic you'd like us to talk about, please get a hold of us either through Messenger or through our email address. And lastly, and most important, if you're searching out there today and wondering about a a faith walk with Jesus, may we suggest you go to this website, needhim.org. That's N-E-D-H-I-M dot O-R-G. On that website, you can find a lot of good information about how to start a walk with Jesus. Or if you are currently walking in the faith and have some struggles and questions, this website is a great place, great resource to go to. Again, that's N-E-D-H-I-M dot O-R-G. Thanks a lot and God bless till we talk next time. See you later.